0: Center for Asian Affairs at the University of Łódź new series, Asian Debates. Uh, I'm Dominik Mezajewski. I'm working here at the University uh, of Łódź. I'm chairing the center. I'm also a professor at uh, the Faculty of International Political Studies. And today with Janan Navrudkiewicz, who is uh, currently a research fellow at our center. I graduate from Warsaw University. We will discuss the historical resolutions issued by the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, And definitely, we try to understand the real meanings and context uh, behind uh, the historical resolutions in China. The project is supported financially by the Ministry of Education and Science, and is also supported by Pulaski Foundation Radio, which is a media partner. Uh, so, um, I kindly ask Joanna to briefly uh, introduce the whole, uh, the whole podcast.
1: Thank you. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. 2021 marks the centennial anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party. In November, the Central Committee issued a so-called historical resolution, which was only the third in its history. The document was named Resolution of the Central Committee of the CCP on Major Achievements and Historical Experience of the Party's Centennial Struggle. Writing and rewriting history has always been a challenging process. Even Mao Zedong was to say that it's not easy to include 25 years of the history. Through drafting the document, the central leadership can check how fast it can proceed with centralization or decentralization of power and check what kind of history might be included in the resolution in order not to damage the existing consensus within the party. Moreover, the resolutions are aimed at convincing party's officials, as well as the wider population, um, regarding the future direction for development. Interestingly, the last resolution does not criticize the previous parliament figures. Um, Xi, Mao, and Deng are considered glorious because they led the country to achieve quote the tremendous transformation from standing up and growing prosperous to becoming strong.
0: Well as you said, uh the Rust resolution is very unique in a sense that this resolution rather uh you know doesn't discuss the the past, but rather discuss Xi Jinping and the future. However, we all know that uh, domestic affairs are the priority for the government in mainland. Uh, So, uh, I would like to address a very brief question at the very beginning. So, what is the meaning of discussions about domestic affairs in all three party uh, resolutions? How the party sees contradiction of from, from our understanding, discussing theoretical discussing, discussions about uh, contradictions are pretty important. Mao Zedong itself is a kind of a buzzword in Chinese politics. So can you kindly briefly introduce how the party sees contradiction within mm-hmm. the domestic agenda?
1: Sure. Um, the contradictions are very important, uh, they lay within the CCP's rhetorical base and Uh, definitely play an important part of uh, domestic theoretical debates. Um, In the history of the CCP, uh, the discussion started with Mao's paper uh, titled On Contradiction, it was published in uh, 1937, and uh, On the Correct Handling of Contradictions Among the People, which was published 20 years later in 1957. Um, Verbs that are connotated with conflicts such as fight, struggle or mentioned contradictions are very common and are repeated frequently in all three documents. Each resolution pinpoints a different social tension in order to set itself a new goal and therefore a justification for specific actions. The 1945 resolution was heavily focused on the class contradictions that uh, were to spark the modern Chinese revolution. Um, It was also a conflict between imperialism and feudalism and the Chinese nation, uh, which constitute a modern society. Um, The 1981 resolution found contradictions between the working class and the bourgeoisie less important. Thus it introduces a new dilemma for the CCP, the demand of the people for rapid uh, economic and cultural development, and the reality that this policy was falling short of expectations. The 2021 resolution invokes and summarizes all of the past contradictions, consider them fulfilled, and establish a new one unbalanced development and the people's need for a better life. In order to achieve this, the CCP has set um, its goals of a people-centric philosophy of development and common prosperity. Uh, In this way, the party not only creates new narratives and alters the political discourse, but also presents itself as an institution. That takes uh, care of its citizens and their changing needs. Um, the institutions that, um, well, they should have faith in, which leads us to another important element, uh, which is faith. So, how how to best describe the concept of faith and um, something that is also very important in the domestic narratives in the recent party resolution and is faith somehow connected to cultural revolution?
0: Well, this is, this is a very important part of the picture when it comes to the last resolution. For the first time ever, uh, the Communist Party of China decided to place faith as something that is positive. If we compare the, the, the concept of faith uh, from the last resolution, 1981, we, we see that in, in Deng's resolution, it wasn't so positive. But nowadays we see that faith, uh, faith, is something that is positive, and it's pretty interesting when we look into uh, the internal challenges that the CCP specifies in last resolution, namely money worship, hedonism, ultra individualism, historical nihilism, uh, and some people that are, you know, having an ambiguous political stances, namely uh, 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 top leaders. So uh, it is the result of the lack of faith, they said, using the, the term reserved for r- religious beliefs, and it's pretty interesting here, in a political context, is it, something that is new, as I said. But I remember when I was a, a teacher, on you know, a, a scholar in Beijing, uh, I, I realized that I, I was surrounded by uh, slogans with Xinyang, with faith, and that was something big for me, but. Nowadays, why they use faith within, within, within the domestic con- context? I think everything is linked to the dual circulation economy. Why? As we know, the Chinese citizens uh, you know, don't trust uh, Chinese products. As I remember, they always uh, wanted to buy products from abroad, saying a Chinese or made-in-China products are, are, are not very uh, good, uh, having not good quality. It's rather fake. And this is also the, the Communist Party of China using faith uh, trying to navigate uh, Chinese people's commercial preferences and behavior to buy domestic products because they simply need to convey this within a circulation economy. That's the first point. And I think this is pretty important to look at this when we are just discussing the concept of faith from this resolution. The second important part of the picture here is that uh, that the concept of faith has a lot of to do with Xi Jinping's position. This faith approach goes together with zuo Guiming. I think this is this is pretty pretty important to look uh, uh, faith from the context of zuo Guiming might be translated into cultivate self revolutionary spirit. However, as you asked. About the Cultural revolution, I don't find a a, a huge um, uh relations with uh past uh pa, 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 past past the Chinese past and the cultural revolution itself because they try to really navigate these commercial preferences as I said. however, when we go down with this, we have also a concept of two establishments uh liang Li. And it goes with faith because you need to believe in something, as the party uh, resolution said. And probably uh, this is the party and the Xi Jinping. And uh, two establishments uh, just confirms this uh, reasoning. The party established comrade Xi Jinping as the core of the party. Central Committee and uh, the core position of the entire party and establish Xi Jinping's guiding position in the new era of socialism with Chinese characteristics. This is pretty important when we look into the future of this country. And I think it should also remind us of the you know, two Whatever's campaign uh, when Hua Guofeng promoted Mao's line without any adjustment and flexibility, uh, I, I, I think that it might be a pretty, pretty danger when it comes to the future of China. However, we will still need to check it whether this will work that that way we are uh, interpreting here. Uh, uh, Jan, I think this is pretty important when it comes also to, you know, uh, scientific outlook we know that the CCP, on the one hand, prides itself a, as a science band, putting emphasis on the scientific research method and practical reasoning. Uh, on the other, as I mentioned, they try to, 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 how to call it, shape their religion to a certain degree or beliefs. So can you briefly explain more about the scientific outlook discuss, discussions uh, in a party, party resolutions?
1: Sure. The CCP indeed uh, prides itself in adopting a scientific bent, as you said. Um, They put an emphasis on specific research methods and and this practical reasoning you've mentioned. Um, In fact, the last resolution brings both Mao Zedong and Deng Xiaoping's legacies kind of into one basket. And they take the most effective approaches from them both. Um, as a leader, Mao brought China out of feudalism and created a revolutionary spirit within the country, right? For Mao, the three principal methods were to seek truth from facts, to be in uh, line with the masses, and uh, maybe most importantly, independence. The 1945 resolution suggested using Marxism Leninism methods, but uh, not quite to follow them blindly, um, instead rather applying them to the Chinese context. Um, it was considered crucial in order not to violate h- historical and dialectical materialism, right? Which was very important for the uh, communist philosophy. Um, every action the party take, um, takes should be for the sake of the masses, right? So China should be independent but not quite isolationist. The 1981 resolution confirmed these three methods and uh, described them in detail, and uh, the same methods can be found in the 2021 resolution too. Um, What was very interesting that uh, lately, in November 2021, um, in the theory section of the People's Daily, um, one could find and article about uh, Xi Zhongxun, uh, the father of Xi Jinping, of course, and uh, he, as a leader of the party structure, was responsible for, for land reforms in the late uh, 1940s. Um, Xi Zhongxun called for practical solutions based on the different conditions in the provinces and this approach has been assessed as complying with the methods I I mentioned. And he was therefore praised by the um, Chairman Mao. Um, 2021 resolution shows great awareness of the roots of the CCP. Um, It refers to those close ties with the masses and uh, it also refers to advocating for their interests um, Advocating without political motivations, of course. And the resolution follows the same methods as, as Mao and Deng. Yeah, but uh, so far we, we focused uh, very much on the domestic affairs. But uh, what about the international area? Um, resolutions, of course, uh, mentions, mention it a lot. So maybe uh, you could summarize it for us.
0: Well, to, to be honest, it's pretty pretty difficult to summarize such a huge uh, area as international politics is, and also in a purely domestic uh, historical resolution. Well, according to myself, I think that the resolution recognized respect as the critical goal for China's uh, foreign policy in China in the international community. Uh, they start with national humiliation and, and domestic discourse, of course, and it's not surprised surprise that the document reiterates this as a critical element for further China's development. Uh, after years of humiliation uh, was brought to an end by the victory of the communist revolution, the Chinese party and the people, they said, struggled, struggled to be recognized as the representation of China. And here we're touching a Taiwan issue. One China policy is because of rejuvenation as they said uh, and also because of uh, respect and, and what, what what was very interesting here for me was uh, they said to a certain degree of course my interpretation goes that way by encouraging the international community uh, uh, to both recognize the prc not taiwan as a legal body as a legal government of china and prizing the china model China won respect and prize, they said. Uh, especially, I think, from developing countries. So definitely this is part of part of the picture when it comes to international politics. Uh, going a little bit further with this, uh, I think uh, uh, in a new era, they said, uh, after, after Xi Jinping took power in 2012, in all aspects of political life, including uh, diplomacy international strategy, the CCP, they said, had made a significant step. And they use a verb "failure" here. This is pretty interesting. "Failure" means uh leap. "Fail" means like a, a, a something, you know, fl- flying. Uh, it, it sounds to me like a great leap forward because there was diverging, and probably that that. The, the latest achievement in international politics might be named as Dafei Yue, a big, big, big leap into the, the, the sky or something like that. But according to the document, the party resolutely managed, they said, to change uh, international domestic politics and adjust the way of development uh, to the prevailing national conditions. That, that's kind of an obvious narrative in Chinese documents. And this approach is portrayed as the policy. In reforming and opening up, China with Shenzhen and Pudong and other port cities, this is pretty interesting because from from my readings, Shenzhen and Pudong in the future of of, of China uh, will play a very critical role when it comes to acquiring foreign technology, Shenzhen and foreign uh, capital and foreign finances, Pudong. So I, I think this is this is this is very important. And the third point here is. They explicitly said that top-down design is the way the foreign policy will, will be conducted in the coming years. Uh, and I think also everything is placed into the dual circulation economy, uh, as earlier describe, described by, by, by the party party's documents, uh, is based on external and domestic markets. So going further, this is part of the national security. And I think in the new era, what they said, uh, everything is part of the national security. Uh, and this is something meaningful for China's foreign policy and also in economic terms. When you place uh, uh, economy, uh, you know, global markets into the basket with national security, it's pretty meaningful because you'd like to control it and i think this is this is this is one thing we need to to recognize from from this uh, declaration uh, going through the global economic structure they said that um you know the global economic structure is uh, unbalanced uncoordinated unsustainable and this is part of the global discussion also when we look into the the common prosperity slogan uh, it shouldn't be taken only within a Chinese uh, context, within the domestic context. it is a it is a bigger discussion across the international community how to make more um, efficient um, global economic development. And of course, the CCP in the document advocates the re- liberalization and facilitation of trade and investments, building a global network of high standard free trade zone with Hainan free trade port as an example. So uh, from this perspective, just, just to briefly sum up this part, the international context, as I said, is it, it, taken from, uh, uh, you know, South North divisions. Uh, unbalanced, uh, unsustainable development, but on the other hand, they said we have solutions, but the solutions are not in Beijing. The solutions are down to, to, to maybe not to the countryside, like during Mao's time, but down to free trade ports and other uh, pilot zones. So this is very, very important when it comes to, 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 to China's position in international politics. Ajana afternoon now
1: Yeah you mentioned um, Taiwan and as we know the great rejuvenation of the chinese nation without the island is a failure so could you perhaps elaborate more on the issue how the ccp hope to manage the situation
0: Well i think the picture is very mixed here because I, I'm, I'm really well, enjoyed a conversation with Jude blanchet in in singapore and he said uh Quoting the, the 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 resolution that you know when it comes to Taiwan uh, they they didn't uh, say uh, Taiwan per se but they used Zhu Guo Wan Tong Yi so the 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 whole country unification uh, can uh, can wait they said the CCP always has time it means it's, it's in no hurry here. So this is reading between lines, a message that we can wait because conditions to uh, you know unite with Taiwan as a part of greater China is not, is not good for us at the moment. Because if you just look into uh, the reality, China has uh, territorial conflicts across its borders with Japan. Uh, Russia is, I think, the only one stable border uh, uh, in China. Uh, so this is, this is one of uh, uh, interpretation. However, the second totally opposite, so as I said, the picture is mixed, is that what they said in domestic international arena, the party declared that under the new leader, Xi Jinping, both the party and China needs to quote, overcome a series of major risks and challenges, solving many long-term problems that had not been solved and accomplish, accomplishing many major things that were wanted to be done in the past and pushing the cost of the party and the country to make historical achievements. How to understand this vis-a-vis um, always has time to discuss Taiwan issue, as I said, when when we look into the Taiwan Taiwan stories, uh, I think the picture's pretty, pretty mixed. And it shows that inside Chungna Hai, there is no consensus how to deal with this problem. Because reading between lines, I think this is pretty, pretty much important for us. That there is no consensus in Beijing how to manage Taiwan, Taiwan issue. Uh so I think. This is this is a critical critical when it comes to Taiwan. But going back to domestic arena, I think what we should also discuss is uh, the parliament leader's position in the resolutions. I think uh, as we said at the very beginning, this resolution, the last resolution, is is pretty much about Xi Jinping. It's not about history. It is like. One third of the document is discussing kind of, you know, small issues from his- history of the CCP. But the majority of document is discussing uh, Xi's position inside the party. So, Joanna, how we need to understand the narrative about three big figures in the history of China. What is the meaning of, of uh, this parliament leader's position in the resolutions? Can you kindly briefly elaborate more about this prob- problem?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so um, each leader is presented quite differently in each uh, resolution. Um, maybe let's start uh, from the beginning with Mao. Uh, in the 1945 resolution, Mao is portrayed as a as this exceptional leader of the CCP, right? Um, creator of Maoism. Um, the resolution details his role. Uh, in building the correct political line and eliminating hostile thinking patterns between uh, within the party, um, basically all praises. Um, it was for him that the party first reached its current level of consolidation and unity um, and making it an unbeatable force. Um, When mentioning the CCP's strategy, the reference to Mao was generally proof of the validity of all the presented theses. One must also note the presentation of the Chairman Mao as the providential husband at the Zunyi Conference. Mao's seizure of power signaled a new era in the CCP's history. He was placed right next to Stalin whom he was supposed to initiate in his management of the state, uh, for example, with regards to uh, land reform. Uh, Deng, um, differently, uh, out of the three leaders, Deng Xiaoping was the least mentioned one. Uh, In the 1981 resolution, um, he was placed on equal footing with uh, Peng Zhen, Guo Zhui Ting. Yi, uh, Dingyi, Yang Shang-kun, and uh, Liu Shaoqi, uh, who was then described as China's Khrushchev number one, while Deng, in the background, uh, was assigned number two. Um, Deng's position was also discussed in relation to the death of uh, Zhou Enlai, after whom he was to um, take over and lead the state. Um, this was followed also by the context of riots after Joe and Lai's death. Um, the suppression of protests in the spring of 1975 was described by the resolution as a mistake that led to Deng's removal from power. Um, after Later, after the arrest of the Gang of Four, uh, he faced uh, internal opposition for reforms and the Um, This resolution strengthened his position, Uh, even though uh, the document mentions uh, only once that Deng was a candidate for for principal leader in the state council. um, He was kind of presented in historical light, Uh, but this was undoubtedly an important bargaining chip in the power struggle with Hua Guofeng, who is seen as representing uh, a continuation of Mao Zedong's ideology. Um, then Wong, right? Although as a victim of the Cultural Revolution, as a politician anointed by Zhou um, Enlai, with no mention of his actual position in the CCP at the time, um, he was initially seen as having less of a chance of victory. And compared to Deng in this resolution, uh, Xi Jinping is mentioned far more often uh, in the 2021 resolution, uh, I would say even approaching Mao and the 1945 resolution in this regard with the praises and um, whatnot. Um, however, 2021 resolution has less historical t- context than the previous two, um, with only acting as a discussion of Xi's merits. Like Mao, Xi is, of course, an outstanding leader. Uh, His guiding role in the party is emphasized repeatedly, uh, as is, uh, of course, his thought on socialism with Chinese characteristics uh, described as the Marxism of modern China and the 21st century. So very, very important role. Um, the document also, for the first time, acknowledges um, the authorship of the um, she's fought uh, by the CCP with she at its lead. Um, because until now, interestingly, um, it was a joint product of the party and the people. Um, there are more similarities to Mao, they do not end here. Um, the resolution creates a call of Xi, we could say, um, in a manner uh, very similar to the 1945 document. Um, I think it's it's no coincidence that the beginning of a new era of socialism with Chinese characteristics uh, is is uh, mentioned also as a historical turning point. Um, This beginning of the new era was marked at the 18th session of the National People's Congress, uh, quite coincidentally when she assumed the position of the uh, CCP's uh, general secretary. Um, She is expected to stand alone behind a number of the resolutions, proposals and strategies on national rejuvenation, security, ideology, the Taiwan issue, and many, many more. Um, it's, uh, of course, the result of his meticulous evaluation and deep reflection. Um, the resolution also repeatedly reiterates the need to maintain his leadership of the party to achieve the before mentioned goals. Um, it also warns against a lack of effort in achieving these tasks so in order to not disrupt the work, one must confirm both ideologically and politically, uh, which has unfortunately for the CCP uh, has been a problem in the past, uh, as many CCP members have undergone a crisis of political conviction. And this is the fact that we talked about earlier. Um, this use of the word uh, is an absolute novelty in the three resolutions. Um, before, in the 1945 resolution, the word appeared only once uh, in the context of faith in the people's revolution. And in 1981, too, it appeared only one and in a negative sense as if Deng Xiaoping's uh, four principles did not need to be challenged. The 2021 resolution marks a substantial change, as faith in the current leader appears repeatedly. Party members are expected to be strong believers and lawyer practitioners of uh, Xi Jinping's thought on socialism with Chinese characteristics in the new era. Okay, so let's conclude uh, today's discussion.
0: Well, as we discussed for more than half an hour, um, let me just briefly introduce the the key takes away from from our discussion. Uh, The first, that all three resolutions discuss the domestic situation from three perspectives, contradictions, mistakes, guidelines for the future development. Then the second, the parties portrayed itself as an organization that seeks true from facts is in line with the masses and for the masses, struggle for the better future. Struggle here is very important, and ensure the independence of the country. Going further, still, the international situation is mainly considered from three dimensions uh, the international communist movement, uh, global economy transformation, and relations with the developing world. Uh, like Mao and Deng uh, before him, Xi Jinping, also won the battle for control, the party, against uh, another major figure of the time, namely Bo Xi Lai. And after emerging uh, victorious, the three leaders issued historical resolution that enshrined the position in the history of the CCP. Number five is the resolution, the last resolution, as never before, placed the paramount leader Xi as the only one single leader, and shows that there is no true political rival in the pot. In contrast, when we go back to 1945 and 1981, Mao and Deng were placed among the senior leaders from the higher echelon of the CCP. Uh, Number six, the transformation of China is perceived as a process of transition from cultural-oriented political culture to institutionally-oriented one. Uh, I think in the long term, this goal might be my clash with Chinese culture, which has always uh, relied on cultivating interpersonal relations rather than standardization law and regulations. To a certain degree, the standardization, as we see, that's the next point, in the domestic arena will be the hallmark for Xi Jinping's position and will resonate in China's global standardization policies, especially in the high-tech industry. And finally, by mentioning subnational areas, Shenzhen, Putong, and Hainan Free Trade Zone, the party has highlighted that all three locations play a critical role in acquiring technological resources, financial resources, and the maritime strategy of China. So, within the whole free resolution, we can sum up within these eight points uh, as a kind of a key takes away. John, I'm back to you now
1: yeah thank you with this summary we come to the end of today's episode thank you very much for your attention and listening to our podcast stay tuned for the next episodes and more analysis on asia thanks
0: thank you